organizations that adopted this technology were more likely to have farmers want to work with them. Again, because farmers, like human beings, like transparency. So even farmers want to know the amount of produce that, that they're selling. They want to have it in granular detail. Hello, and welcome to The Experience Pod. My name is Chiwezi Ibizo. The Experience Pod is a one-on-one interviewer-led podcast that discusses the adoption and utilization of relevant emerging technologies and trends for impact-oriented professionals, researchers, developers, and students who demand realistic and thought-provoking perspectives on the opportunities and challenges presented by these phenomena in our unique environment. There are 33 million smallholder farms across Africa, contributing up to 70% of the continent's food supply, according to the International Fund for Agricultural Development. This only considers the value that smallholder farmers bring to the table on food alone, and it's quite remarkable. Millions of these farmers are in remote areas, often isolated from market opportunities and thus vulnerable to exploitations and unfair dealings. Innovations are looking to right some of these wrongs by delivering increased traceability, verifiability, and improving seed-to-shelf transparency along supply chains to the benefit of not just the farmers, but also corporations. With movement like the African Continental Free Trade Agreement forging ahead, the significance of sustainability in the agricultural supply chain is on the rise. To add insights to this conversation, we're joined by Mr. Victor Boyle Komolafe, co-founder and executive director of Capture Solutions an innovative digital verification and traceability solution provider based in Nigeria, Kenya, and Tanzania. Welcome, Victor. We're happy to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Okay, so let's jump right into it. For those who might not be familiar with your work, Victor, could you explain what Capture Solution does and expand a bit on, you know, what led to you founding this company? Okay, thanks for that. So Capital Solutions was actually founded by my, my partner, Lorenzo Bocompani, a few years ago, about 10 years ago. And yes, it was started up in Kenya. I joined the company halfway through that. And uh, right now, I lead the West African operations of the company. So yes, based in Nigeria, but I'm focused on English-speaking West Africa. And really what Capital Solutions is about, like the name states, is literally about capturing data. But for us, our USP is really the use of advanced technologies. So in this case, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, computer vision, to the detect operations across different industries. So yes, we work across different industries. We work in different countries. And the main denominator is really the use of technology to digitize information in businesses because that's the only way you can really keep accurate and, again, verifiable records. Fantastic, fantastic. Adding that digital element to the way businesses regard their information and treat their data. Very interesting. So Capture Solution provides a few digital products, uh, you know, from agri-capture to weight capture. So just to let the audience know, who are the actual users or customers of these products? Would you say they are large corporations or are they like middlemen? Yeah, thanks for that. So let me frame it this way. So there's users and there's beneficiaries, right? Or there's clients and there's beneficiaries. So yes, the beneficiaries are the smallholder farmers. So we have over, you know, 1 million smallholder farmers on our our database from different organizations. But yes, our major clients are large organizations. So you're talking about um, the Unilevers of this world, the CBN, the commodities exchanges. So yes, typically our clients are large organizations that need a way to manage, again, the movements of goods across the value chain. And so yes, for all these organizations, it's very critical to have that data. And of course, the 
farmers are the beneficiaries, right, also the services that these organizations are paying for, because, of course, that data can also be used to improve the lives of the farmers. Absolutely. And I guess it just brings that connection between those small farmers and the large corporators. So in, in essence, you are a bit of the middleman. Okay, yes. So to be fair, let, let me say a bit of the middleman. We are well, the ones that provide, again, the data to drive insights, right? And that's very key. And so, again, all of our, our products, you know, from the agri-capture, because, again, that's our agri-product. Or, you know, we have things for verification or traceability. But, yes, all um, the products have that same thing in common where, yes, the clients are large organizations, but beneficiaries are, you know, typically farmers. Okay. Okay, interesting. So what would you say has been the major, like, driver, the major lever for, for growth of, say, a solution like agriculture? Huh. Well, the, the major driver that we have seen has really been transparency, right? Again, everybody likes transparency, right? Okay. The large multinational likes transparency. You know, everybody wants to talk about their impact, right? Everybody wants to talk about, you know, if this person has end X. So yeah, the transparency in the system just makes it very attractive. And so... The other thing that we noticed, especially when we started this in East Africa, was that if organizations that adopted this technology were more likely to have farmers want to work with them. Again, because farmers, like human beings, like transparency. So even farmers want to know the amount of produce that, that they're selling. They want to have it in granular detail. So, you know, let me bring that home. In, in the, again, Nigerian context especially, we don't really use metrics, right? We use a bag, right? A bag of uh, cocoa, right? A trailer of cassava. Those don't encourage transparency. Those are very vague numbers. So again, just on a basic level, transparency is really what drives adoption. And of course, transparency also has to do with traceability, right? It has to do with verifiability of data. So I would say transparency is the major thing that has helped with the growth of our solution across Africa. That's interesting. I think what you said around the lack of the standard of metric for measurement in Nigeria. So we say a bag. What does a bag mean? A bag in Abuja might be a different size of a bag in Lagos. And I think trying to bring that transparency into that sort of transaction could help a great deal. So when yeah, we heard about yeah. your solutions like agriculture, at the experience center, we were like, yeah, this is something that would definitely contribute and play a huge part, not just to the agricultural sector, but also to the Nigerian you know, economy in general. Yeah. But another thing is, one question that we had really was, how is the quality of the supply verified? So how does the yeah. corporation know that what he's getting is up to stand up right. to solve that problem? Oh, yes, 100%. So like I did mention, our core thing is using advanced technology. And so in this case, again, especially with IoT, Internet of Things, and computer vision, you can really collect data in real time on things. So right now, again, in a typical scenario, we collect data on, again, leveraging on technology, not having individual disinformation. So we collect data on location using GPS, or we can collect data on individual using biometrics. Of course, we also do a KYC on the individual, so we can tie that to a BVN or to an NIN. And of course, when you're talking about the quality of material, so for example, we're doing um, a cutting project somewhere, and so the quality metrics can be measured using a moisture meter, again, that is Internet of Things enabled. So the moisture meter is giving you the exact data in real time and not relying on an individual. And so again, as part of the agriculture family, we have another product called Lacto Capture. So again, that is about milk. And so again, um, with, in that kind of scenario, the hardware or the IoT is a lactometer, right? Again, so which is a hardware that has been tricked a little bit to make its IoT enabled. So yes, basically, 
how we do all these things is really relying on the IoT and relying on the hardware to provide the data. So that makes the data more verifiable than relying on any individual. Well, it's fascinating to hear that, you know, emerging technologies like IoT is being used in the agri-space in Nigeria. Well done. Oh, yeah. So let me even just add, add on that. Yeah, today's rate capture, uh, you know, part of the agri-capture family, we have processed maybe about 20 million transactions. We've made 300 million kilograms of produce. And again, we've paid over $50 million, uh, right, through our system, right? Because again, there's also a payment part of our system. So just to say that, yeah, it's quite robust and... These are some of the things that uh, we have had to add at, at different points. Wow, well, that's very interesting. Okay, so in Sub-Saharan Africa and Africa, economic growth from agriculture is repeatedly 11 times more effective at reducing you know, poverty levels than in any sector. Really. In Nigeria, for instance, where 70% of the households estimated to take part in crop farming, Things like fair wages could mean an increase in the size of the addressable portion of, of a huge market that you know that is Nigeria. You know that 200 million population. How has yeah. fair price been determined across markets, and what has been the implementation of, of capture solution products and verification solutions in general? What has it done for farmers' earnings? Would you say that has yeah. had, had an impact? Oh, I think that's a very good question, and and I can answer this from different perspectives. But I think I would prefer to kind of contrast and compare different countries, right? So, yeah, first of all, capture solutions do not set the price, right? We're not price setters, right? So we work with clients and organizations that tend to set the price, which, of course, is influenced by um, global prices. For example, um, we are working in Côte d'Ivoire, where we collect cocoa and cashews on behalf of the cashew or cocoa board. Again, the, the prices are set internationally, right? And so, again, we have little say on that. However... The data that we collect from these processes is able to help the farmers, again, eventually de-risk their processes. But more importantly, the traceability element enables the farmers have a higher value for the produce that they bring to the farm, if that makes any sense, right? So let me phrase that in a different way, right? Through our product, we're able to provide the farmer a fairer price especially because of that traceability element, which automatically enables that product command a higher price in the, in the market. Okay, that, that's interesting. So let's go to emerging trends now and just talk about a few things here. So the main objective of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement includes creating a single market for goods and services to promote industrial development and achieve sustainable socio-economic growth. What, in your opinion, will be the impact of this agreement on demand for smallholder farmer produce? And by extension, the solutions are around verifiability and traceability. Yeah, uh, thanks for that. So, I mean, like I just intimated as when I was speaking about the coded example, I think, first of all, it's going to bring a lot of competition to the market. So again, there are countries like Africa, uh, again, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, to an extent, that have, again, have a bit of a better culture regarding traceability and understanding the importance of that, right? Compared to the Nigerian market where, again, these things don't matter, right? Even the farmers don't have the right information, right? I mean, our farming and agricultural sector is not where it should be. And so I think that the free trade agreement would impact Nigerian farmers negatively as it is because we don't have the right infrastructure to maximize the value of the produce that we have, right? Mm. And the companies, I mean, again, might as well just go buy from Ghana, where, again, the farmers have 
the exact detail of input they put in there, right? I mean, all the way from the land preparation to the point of harvest. So, yeah, on the other hand, the demand, even before the Africa Future Agreement came up, the demand for verifiability and traceability solutions has been increasing yearly. And of course, that is because, again, people outside Africa that buy these products want to know where the products are coming from. So, for mm-hmm. example, I, I sorry that I keep using the case of, but of course, cocoa, right? You know, the um, cocoa producers in Belgium need to be sure that whatever cocoa is coming to them doesn't have things around child labor, for example, right? Or, or it wasn't grown in a protected forest, for example. These are things mm-hmm. that are priorities to them even before the Africa Free Trade Agreement and will continue to be priorities to them going forward. Right, right. So I think you've touched on two very interesting things here. So all this well, there's a tendency to think of traceability and verifiability with regards to the product itself. But even when you think around things like labor and just making sure, like you mentioned, around the chocolate factories in Belgium wanting to make sure that the cocoa is child labor free. You know what I mean? That's a, an angle I'd never really sort of considered before. But you mentioned something around competition. Do you guys have any competition in, in this market with regards to capture? Uh, <laughs> anybody doing something similar? Yeah, so it would be silly to say we don't have competition. Of course, that would be a lie. Um, but what I can say is two things. First of all, there are not a lot of African companies that we're competing against. A lot of our competitors are typically Indian companies. But yes, the other thing is, um, even the African companies that, that have some of these things and do this, their use of advanced technologies is very little, very minimal, right? So again, and I keep talking about the use of IoT computer vision. This is standard within our processes. It's not a gimmick is not something we're developing, it's something we already do. And so, yes, in terms of the question, do we have competition? Yes. What is the USP for us is really the use of advanced tech. There's not a lot of African companies. Again, I'm not just saying Nigeria, I'm saying African companies that do the work we do. And that, that mm-hmm. reflects on the kind of clients that we have. Because many times, we literally have to um, make solutions from scratch for clients. And so a lot of our solutions that we have in the market, including the agri-capture and the weight capture and the lacto-capture, were actually projects that were started for, again, large multinationals, and we eventually rolled it out as individual products for other businesses in that industry. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Thank you, Victor. So from your knowledge of, of, of the space with regards to smallholder farmers, I mean, we typically refer to smallholder farmers, which, which is supposed to be a large group, but it's interesting that we have that word smallholder farmers. Within that group, are there any categories? How would you sort of segment the different farmers or the different types of farmers in, in that smallholder farmer group, which, which is obviously a large group of farmers? So, yeah, I guess if I was going to segment this group, I mean, l- let me just go back a bit. My primary, what I'm looking for, not hobby. I have a very keen interest in agriculture, even before I, I moved to tech. In fact, my relationship with capital solutions actually started because of a problem I had in my agricultural business. Mm-hmm. But again, this idea of smallholder farmer in Nigeria, um, I think I could move them into two categories. But the first thing I would say as a follow-on from my experience is that, again, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think over, what, 70, 80% of the smallholder farmers in Nigeria are above the age of 65 years old, right? Okay. So, okay. so that is a shocking statistic. That is a damning statistic, right? Which means that, again, our next generation of growers, like there is no next generation of growers, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a problem that's going to happen very soon. But regarding the smallholder farmers, if I was going to categorize them, I would say yes. There are the urban dwellers and the rural dwellers, right? The urban dwellers are, again, maybe a bit more educated, probably already had a job and are doing this because they see the opportunity. While the rural dwellers are, again, I mean, they just 
It's culture, it's habits, it's tradition. There's lack of information, there's lack of market access. They don't necessarily have the right tool to plan and carry things out effectively. Of course, also the urban smallholder farmers have their own challenges and peculiarities. But of course, they have more access to information. Maybe not the same access to market also because that's a challenge everywhere. But yes, I think those are the two categories. Okay, great. So now let's talk about access to things like capital for these sort of farmers. Does your solution or is that part of the things that, I guess, the data that you capture from your products, are those some of the things that data can be used to do in terms of maybe helping farmers give them access to financial products or investment opportunities, such like loans, insurance? Is that something that happens amongst your farmers or is that something you're maybe having to educate them on the potential of, or do they already know about it? Yeah, so it's something that already actively happens. Uh, we actually have a full of financial arm called Capadri that handles these transactions. So uh, right now we give over two hundred thousand uh, dollars every month in advances to farmers. Right, we have um, over a million farmers in our database, and basically the reason we're able to provide these advances to these farmers again, like you hinted, is because of the data that we have. So, for example, if we have a uh, farmer A uh, that is providing us a um, hundred kilograms of um, granules valued at a hundred thousand naira every month, if in month six farmer A wants a fifty thousand naira advance or loan. Again, why can't I give him that loan based on his deliverables that I've seen over the last six months? His gross goods worth 500,000. I mean, 50,000 Naira is, you know, is small. So again, it's really the data. And again, that is the key thing. And we sincerely believe that the data that we collect through our operations is what is needed to fully de-risk agriculture. Agriculture is expensive in Africa because that data is lacking. The farmers don't keep the data, right? The organizations that are supposed to keep the data are non-existent. The government does not mm. keep the data. The data is needed for bankers and for economics and for accountants to, again, de-risk the investment. And until that happens, agriculture is going to continue to be expensive. So again, you know, I guess the summary is yes. The data that we collect provides financial inclusion, provides access to capital, and most importantly, de-risk agriculture. Mm. Very, very, very interesting. Thank you for that, Victor. So, I mean, you've talked a bit about, you know, emerging technologies when you talked around um, computer vision in IoT. But aside from that, which one would you say has, has the most impact or has had the most impact in, in your, yeah. well, first of all, in, in that space, in the agri-business space, and also for you as an organization, as a, you know, because I know you have yeah. a lot of solutions, not just, yeah. you know, strictly speaking on the agriculture side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks for that. So, I think right now, yeah, the, the IoT, the Internet of Things, that has been one of our... Um, big big focuses and that is i mean that's really exciting because there's a lot of things we still do with that that literally is mind-blowing but yes in the last two years we've started working a lot more with blockchain technology and artificial intelligence especially the use of artificial intelligence in agriculture and in recycling which we're also doing so we do some stuff for recycling that is something i'm excited about because i think that is the next frontier in terms of data collection right so you can be you can be very specific in AI, you can be very deliberate. And I think there's so many use cases to computer vision AI in the economy that we haven't even scratched the surface of. So yes, AI, blockchain, uh, but especially AI, um, there is a big future there. Okay, okay, that's, um, that's interesting. Sorry to take you back. Going back to what you spoke about around the loan and you know granting access to capital to some of these farmers, I think you said it was $200,000. Um, yeah, yeah, we do it a month, every month. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's huge. 
What has been the sort of performance of those loans? Has it been going on for a while? Or is this something you guys yeah. just started? No, it's actually been going on for a while. So Capagri has been going on for, uh, again, at least three years. Uh, we started in East Africa, also in West Africa, maybe since last year. But yes, in terms of the loans, and that's the brilliant thing, right? Again, I'm, I'm trying to look for a percentage, but less than 1% default rate, right? Wow. And it's actually a science because, again, you're providing access to finance based on an asset, right? So again, what the data we've collected is basically an asset, right? I mean, so again, mm -hmm. you're saying that this person has been providing this asset, so therefore, he is able to pay back these loans that you're going to provide him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the way credit works in the developed world. It's not necessarily you going to do a collateral or looking for paperwork. It's literally showing your credit history. And that is kind of what this is about, right? Nice. So it's showing your credit history to provide access to finance for farmers. Yes, yes. And enabling the farmers to be able to do this effectively using your solution. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but so, question. Okay, go on. So, you had mentioned that the future of a generation of farmers you know, is almost looking like a space that not a lot of youths are going into. So that means a lot of the people you probably interact with, you know, of, of an older generation, you know, 65 and, and above. What has been, how would you say the, the reception with regards to technology has yeah. been for them? Is it something that they are willing to or are they still skeptical of? You still have those old school farmers that want to, no, 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 I'll use my traditional uh, who, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah. What has been the reception? So it's been a brilliant mix. So again, luckily for us, right? Again, our clients are, you know, large FMCGs or B2, uh, B2B organizations, right? The farmers are the beneficiaries, right? So therefore the farmers don't pay us. And so at the end of the day, like, uh, I mean, it's really what the clients want, right? And so the farmers have to comply. But the other thing that we notice is, again, little things like, for example, um, having a receipt, you know, those are things that, again, these older farmers appreciate a lot, a lot, because all their life, they have been used to seeing things in metrics, right? And so in bags, in random numbers, you know, trailer loads, and you actually give them, you know, numbers, right? So 60 kilograms is worth uh, 200,000 naira. You know, again, uh, something that's small, right? That is basic, but, but yeah. again, the transparency, it helps them. Right again, it's mm -hmm. um, it's almost like you're not cheating. You know, nobody wants to be cheated. So that is a lot of the vibe that we get from them. That ah, thank you guys. Though you guys are bringing transparency to this system. At least we're not being cheated. You know, and 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 that is a start. So, but in terms of the younger people, right? So yes, we see that the younger people are more inclined to technology, right? They're more receptive to again, especially the urban dwellers, or you know, so those categories are more inclined to adopting technology and understanding the use of it. But yes, the, the older ones, they just appreciate the simplicity and the transparency of the system. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so what about mobile technology? That, I mean, that's beyond, that's advancing you know, very quickly. Mobile phones are everywhere. Very soon, you know, we're going to have wearables everywhere. There are, you know, there are potential solutions leveraging maybe mobile technology in, in the aggregate yeah. space. What do you think? Yeah, so, so first of all, right, I mean, even though I'm thinking about IoT and all those things, we're a mobile technology company, right? So again, I mean, most of our solutions are Android-based, right? right? And so okay. um, again, they also work asynchronously. So even when there's internet and when there's no internet, right? right again, right. Most, most of Africa, most of Nigeria does not have internet access, right? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, there's a perception that we do, but we don't in reality, right? So... I think we're still a few years away from, again, the full mobile network spectrum all over the country. But for right now, 
what we try to do is to again like i mentioned our products work when there's no internet when there's internet they are very easy to use we have things like ussd code for people that have a feature phone so it's just really about ensuring that our products can be accessible by all the users uh, you know that's true so but how does in all of this you know something that we haven't even touched on how, how does capture solutions make money or are you guys uh, <laughs> are, are you an ngo or what's the <laughs> are you a charity how, how do you guys make money because you yeah. sound like uh, well, you're doing a lot well, of well, uh, good stuff for the people just just yeah, want to see if it's um what sort of yeah. model that you run so, so we are very for profit. I mean, we are very for profit. But yes, again, some of our activities that we do at Capital Solutions are social enterprises. So again, we have something recycling that's not social enterprise. But for us, a lot of the data that we're collecting through our processes, we're not necessarily monetizing them or we're not necessarily commercializing them right now. Again, apart from using it for loans, for example, and access to finance. But the point is that right now, I think one of the biggest things we're trying to solve is the de-risking of agriculture, right? And so that has kind of um, again, being the focus for us because, yeah, I mean, money comes when value is provided, right? And so, you know, we're providing value right now. Yes, a lot of the value that we're providing is really uh, regarding the traceability and the IoT and the verifiability of data. But we also know that the data that we collect can also have greater impact on the lives of the people that we're working with. Again, the beneficiaries, the farmers. And that's why we go out of our way to provide things like Capagri, which is a, a program of Again, a, a financial arm that is dedicated towards providing advances to those bottom-of-pyramid farmers. Um, okay. were, but, yeah. Uh, again, just to be clear, because I'm not sure I okay. that. So, so, yeah, okay. So, how do we earn money? We earn money yes. from, we earn money from um, the clients that, that, that engage us. Okay. Right. So, I mean, we have different ways of getting that money. It might be, a, again, a percentage of the value of the goods, right? Or it might be a one-off flat fee or it might be a recurrent fee, or it might be a hardware as a service, right? So we also do that. So yes, there's different models. And again, like you said, we're in different countries and we're in different industries, right? So yeah, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Okay, okay. Thanks, thanks for that. We'll get into the interesting questions very soon. Just, uh, we're almost done. But just to round up on, you know, sort of maybe the, the more serious stuff. So we've been talking around data, data, and um, capture solutions by nature of your solutions, uh, you know, capture a lot of data, uh, which is obviously very, very valuable. What sort of, let's say, strategy do you have around privacy and protecting that data? I know you said you haven't started monetizing it yet, but surely that has to be something that maybe um, you're considering, if not now, possibly in the future. But with regards to things like privacy, how does capture solution handle privacy matters? All right. Th thanks a lot, Barry. That, that's a brilliant question, right? Um, and so we get this all the time. And so the first thing I usually say um, is that I mean, the cloud we work with are very big on this. So, I mean, from inception, we have been very um, careful with the regulation. So again, right now, we're signed up to the GDPR, to the Data Protection Regulation. I mean, and we're okay. up to date across all the countries. Also, with the legal requirements for each individual country, I mean, that is also up to date. But, but yeah, just to um, emphasize that, again, as a technology business, dealing with if the multinationals that, that we work with, this data protection is the utmost importance to them, right? And so, for example, I did mention that our solution works, you know, asynchronously. So when there's internet and where there's no internet, but there's also a lot of encryption that goes on in every part of it. 
to again within the IoT uh, applications within the cloud. So there are encryptions at different stages and at different levels. And I'm proud to say that we have never had a data breach, and I'm, I'm sure we will never have one. Fantastic, I pray so too. All right, so let's uh, get into the more sort of personal, interesting questions. All right, so talk to us about predictions. What was the last prediction you got wrong? Hmm. Doesn't have to be um, capture solution. Anything, any prediction? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, this one, I'm not sure if I still got wrong, but you know, time will tell. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Uh -huh. Again, so first of all, I'm a chartered accountant by training, right? It goes against everything in my in my body. Like, I mean, by the way, I have now invested in some cryptocurrency because <laughs> I'm not leveraging my, my you know, hedging <laughs> my best. But I've been following it for a long time. I mean, I'm in the tech space. I've known about it for ages, but I'm not fully convinced. I mean. I'm convinced in the blockchain technology, I understand that part. I'm convinced in some cryptocurrencies now, um, you know, I don't want to mention the name, but Bitcoin, I, I mean, maybe it's now FOMO that is, that, that is doing me, but um, I think maybe that was something that I, I got wrong because, well, it's 60K right now, it keeps on increasing, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, I, I wish I went in early. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so what's one view you seem to find that very few people get rid of? Hmm. One view. Um, are, they, are, they, are they a lot? Okay, they're a lot. You can tell us the yeah. most. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not a lot. They're not a lot. I just think, okay, so again, I tend to be a very um, straightforward person. You know, some people say blonde. But again, a lot of people don't agree people should be like that, right? Like, you know, people say, oh, if everybody if everybody was blonde, how would you feel? But yeah, this is just, I mean, I don't know if it's actually bad, but I, I think it's very important to tell the truth. Uh, again, I mean, to... To be honest, I'm to be as open as possible because I feel that the more you try to hide your emotions, the more you pretend to be somebody you're not. But when you're straight, people already know what you stand for before you even say anything, right? And so for me, in my life, I find that sort of the thing that makes my life a lot easier. Like, I mean, there's no, you. All, I'm always black or white. People already know where I stand. There is no two ways about it. For me, it, it makes my life easier, but some people don't agree with, with, with the way I, I work. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, understood. So I guess it's that thing of whether you, to be political or to be real, politically correct. Or yes, exactly. <laughs> politically correct, yeah, politically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's a time for everything, there's a place for everything. But um, yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, so... Yeah. No, no, I was just agreeing with you, right? But I was just saying, I mean, I, I don't want to sound somehow because... I mean, by the way, my staff love me. I'm a very good guy. Everybody loves me. I'm sure you can say that. But yes, I just feel that people need to be more open and straightforward with their feelings. Everybody is trying to please everybody. Like, that is not sustainable, right? Mm, mm, understood. Okay. So we have a question from our previous guest, Mr. Elo Ume, who is the CEO of Terragon, one of Nigeria's mm. earliest digital marketing companies. So his question is, beyond distributed fiber to enable mm. last man in Nigeria, and the rest mm. of Africa, what mm. other ideas or what other potential solutions are there to strengthen last mile connectivity in Africa? Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of work that's being done on this in different parts of the world. For example, there was the thing that I think Google or Facebook were doing regarding using balloons for internet connectivity, right? There, there is something I know that they're doing regarding the use of IoT to, again, improve connectivity in local areas. So, so I think yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say, I mean, if Google is doing it, there's, there's something they have there. But yes, really the use of, um, I guess, the hot air balloons or, or we, I mean, doing things 
uh, on land would be more expensive, would cost a lot of time. There's a lot more regulations to deal with. I think looking for solutions that, again, above the land, so like the balloons, those might be more, yeah, I don't know if cost effective is the word, but, might, you know, might be easier to roll out. So, yes, that is something that I would explore if I was in that position to roll out broadband to more people in, you know, in, in Africa, in Nigeria. Yeah. So at the experience center, we typically say disruption is interrelated. So in that respect, what's one perspective you'd like to get from our next interview? So what question do you want to ask the next person? We don't know who that person is. Yeah. But yeah, any, any question you would want to ask? Yeah. So for me, I mean, the question is going to be in line with what I do. And this is a question that I, I speak, every, you know, I ask about every day. But really, it's in your line of business, what what ways do you think you can use advanced technology to improve your you know processes, your automation of your processes, digitization of your processes? You know what kind of advanced technology? So I'm talking IoT, AI, blockchain, whatever. You know, do you think can make an influence in your 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 processes? Okay, yeah. thank you very much, Mr. Victor Boyo Komalafe. It's been a very rich conversation, and you know, it's been nice having you here. And we look forward to hearing big things, more achievements from Capture Solution. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. All right.